Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. I want everybody to say with me, stir it up, Lord. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, passage that I've preached on and people know about, but I want to release it maybe with a little bit of fresh anointing on it today and then tie, tie in with it Acts 3 as well as Philippians uh, chapter 1. In, uh, in Philippians, I'll probably be able to even amplify this more when I get back. But uh, in First Chronicles, it says, Now Jabez, chapter 4, verse 9, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil and that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. We can get a better amen to God's word than that. Acts chapter three Beginning at verse 1, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter... With John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention. Boy, you need to underline this next part in your Bible. Expecting to receive something. Expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple. I said he entered the temple and messed up a perfectly good church service. Sorry, emphasis added by Brother Scotty, but that's entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Everybody say, stir it up, Lord. Lord. You know, I grew up in the Appalachian Mountains and back back in those days, the way we heated my grandmother's house was with coal burning stoves and coal burning fireplaces. Now, most of you down here don't know what it's like to have you know, when you grew up that way, you had a, a, we had a coal pile out back. 
And every now and then when we'd run out, they'd get enough money together and a truck would come and it would dump a pile of coal at the end of, of, of wherever you had it. And the way you heated was I would go down with buckets and I would bring up, anybody know what a coal bucket is? And some of you do. I'd go get that coal bucket, fill it up, and it wasn't lump coal, it was kind of powdery. You know what I'm talking about? I'd bring up those coal buckets and we'd sit them and that way you'd, you'd be able to heat the house uh, because you didn't have central heat and air and all those kind of things like most of you, some of you can remember growing up in. But at night, the way you, see, the, the problem was when you went to bed at night, how are you going to keep that fire going without staying up and putting something on it every couple of hours? Are y'all awake this morning? I'm going somewhere with this. Here's what you would do. We'd, they'd call, you would take that coal and you would put a bunch of coal on the fire in that stove and you would almost smother it out. You would almost smother it out and they would call that banking the fire. In other words, where you could get under the covers, keep it going enough so that when you got up in the morning, it would still be burning. But here's what would happen. In the morning, when you got up and you wanted that thing to get going, you would take something like a poker. You would reach down in there but you know what else would happen? There was something else you needed to do. There was something on that stove and that would, it was a little vent that you would open and close. Some of you call it a damper and it was, it controlled the air coming in and out. And when you wanted that fire to get going again and you wanted to get it fiery hot so you could get up and start moving around, you would stir it up with that poker, but then the thing you really wanted to do was to open that damper wide open so that the air could get to it. There was fire there all along. It was just simmering. Sometimes what happens is we need the wind, the air, and the stirring to, to reignite what is inside of us that God wants to release. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, Holy Spirit interaction is absolutely essential in our lives and in the function of the modern day church. I said Holy Spirit interaction. The wind of the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential in our lives. Jesus poured out his blood so that we could go to heaven. But he poured out his spirit so heaven could come to us. Boy, y'all need to help me better this morning if you want me. I'm going to say that again. Jesus poured out his blood so we could go to heaven. But he poured out his spirit so heaven could come to us. That's better. Thank you. So, I want everybody to say again, Lord, stir it up. I'm expecting. Desire and expectation are absolutely essential in God's work in our lives. But I believe and I declare and I release into this house and I release over us today and over your life that there is a fresh fire, 
a fresh determination being released. It is pouring through your spirit. And wherever you are, I am making a prophetic declaration over you. This is not the end. It's the start of a new season. I said, it's not the end. It is the start of a new season. There is hope for you. There is hope for your future. There is a God who loves you. You are here today by the divine provision of almighty God. God has something powerful he wants to do in your life. And some of you are already experiencing it even right now. Say, thank you, Lord. So let's make this prayer ours. And let's stir ourselves in this house today. Pray this with me. Everybody say, Lord, Lord I, ask for, I ask for and live in expectation, live in expectation of daily blessing. Daily blessing. Lord, Lord, enlarge my territory. Increase my boundaries. I believe for more territory. Ministry, influence for you. And I reach out in faith to receive it. Oh, that your hand would be with me. I look to you, Holy Spirit. Guide my thoughts, my words, my actions. Empower me supernaturally to accomplish what I cannot. Come on, say it. I pray for your hand and power to accomplish your will and that my life would bring you glory. Bless me, Lord, indeed. I ask not only to be blessed, but that I might be a blessing. Now I want you to declare this over your life, spirit, soul, and body. I want you to say it. My boundaries are expanding. Look at your neighbor right now and tell them your boundaries are expanding. Now let's declare this. I'll never go back to those old ways again. Let's say it this way. I'm coming out of that corner. I'm not living on scraps. I'm coming into everything Jesus provided for me. Now I think that's worthy of a shout of praise. Why would we go to Hurley when we're here trying to get all of this done? We're doing all these things. God's blessing. It's good. I'll tell you why we would go to Hurley. Because a church that doesn't reach out is in danger of becoming a social club. We're going to find different ways to expand our boundaries. That's why we're loading up in that plane tomorrow. That's why you are supporting these works. That's why these things are happening because we have a, a God who is continually stirring us up. Those simmering embers, those simmering embers are being stirred by the word of God and they're being stirred by the breath of God. Wow, what is in you is coming to life. Say, I receive it. This man we just read about Jabez, he became a first generation blessed one. Everybody say first generation. Somebody's got to be the first. 
Come on. I said, somebody's got to be the first. Somebody's got to do. Somebody's got to be the first. I, I, I volunteer to be a first generation blessed one. Now, some of you may have some generational blessings back there in your life, but I want listen, let's just do it this way. If you are believing that maybe there's been some things back there in your family, like there was in Jabez's, weren't everything they're supposed to be. Maybe there was some pain. Maybe there was some heartache. But you are believing and you are standing in faith that you are going to be a first generation blessed one, that you're going to be one of those who turns things around, that you're going to be one of those who overcomes cancer that has plagued your family. You're going to be one of those who overcomes poverty that has plagued your family. You're going to be one of those who overcomes uh, relationship problems that have plagued everybody in your family. You're going to be one of those who is not going to be a loser, who's going to be a winner, and you're declaring, I am going to be a first generation blessed one. Bless the Lord my God. I want you to stand up right now and say, I'm a first generation blessed one. Now tell your neighbor, we're first generation blessed ones. Woo, hallelujah. You can be seated. You know, he, Jabez became a first generation blessed one by saying to God, by praying to God, by asking God as the highest authority in his life. Listen, he recognized that God's authority was even greater than his mother's authority. He realized that God's authority was greater than what happened to him in his family dynamic. Do you hear what I'm saying? His mother, how would you like to have a mother that named you pain? Well, they're a real pain. No, thank you. His name meant pain. He decided to turn it around by saying to God as, his highest, as the highest authority in his life, greater than his mother who named him pain and sorrow. And he said, Lord, not only do I want you to bless me, he said, bless, bless that is more than double blessed. It's blessed squared. Hmm. Now Jabez went from pain to gain. He went from bringing pain to bringing blessing. And I tell you what, that's what God can do when he gets a hold of your life. That's what Jesus can do. We sang about it this morning. My God, how powerful this worship service was. But let me say this. We always immediately start thinking about money when we start thinking about blessing. And that's part of it. But it's so much more than that. Now, let me teach you for just a moment. Let me, a moment. Let me instruct you. And you know we keep a balance in this out here. And it's important. So I've got to say it this way. Making money and making a difference are two different things. One lasts for time and the other for eternity. How many difference makers are in the house? Come on. That's what we're saying. When I want to be a first generation blessed one is, I want to be a difference maker. I want to do something that outlasts my life on this earth. That's what this church is about. That's our heart. Don't just make money to make money. Say, I love you, Brother Scotty. Don't just make money to make money. Make money to make a difference. 
tell your neighbor, make money to make a difference. See, people get, people get so uptight when you start talking about money. But they sure do a lot of things to make it. But they, then they don't want to talk about it when they come to church. Somebody help me. Make money to make a difference. I got news for you. Here's a revelation. The airlines we're flying on tomorrow, they t- it takes money to get there and get back. It takes money to feed people. It takes money to preach the gospel to all the earth. Making money is temporary. Making a difference with it is eternal. Believe to be blessed. I'm going to say it so many ways you're going to get it. Believe to be blessed to be a blessing. Tell your neighbor right now, you're a blessing. Here's another way to say it. Get full to give out. Oh my goodness. Such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I'm able to give out because I get, because I take in. Get full to give out. Don't just look for a handout. Look for a hand up and look to give a hand up. Come on, let's give God some praise up in this house. Because this lame man, he went from lame to lifted. They lifted him up. We all need somebody else at times to lift us up. What's that song? You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulders. You raise me up to more than I can be. Thank God. I want you to tell your neighbor right now, you raise me up. I don't know where that came from. That wasn't in my notes. It just kind of came on me. But the lame man went from lame to lifted because they lifted him up. Let me insert something here. Get in a church that lifts you up. Not that beats you up. But not only get in a church that lifts you up, get in a church that lifts him up in radical praise and worship. Come on, somebody help me in this house. A church that lifts God up in radical praise because this man went from paralyzed to praising in an instant. From limping to leaping. He went from dependence to independence. And nobody had to beg him to praise. Coming from the heart of a worship leader, I can tell you, you gotta press through sometimes when you get up on this stage and you look out. I love you. But here's what I've discovered. If we aren't careful, the longer we've been in church, the more comatose we become. Church folk can forget 
that they were lame. Well, brother, bless God. I don't need all that. I'll have you know I've been in the way for 50 years. That's the whole problem. You've been in the way for 50 years. You know, you know, God says we have to guard against having a hardened heart. We think about people who are, are uh, uh, agnostics or atheists having a hardened heart. But I'm telling you, you have to guard against ha- having a hardened heart is simply not being sensitive to the things of God anymore. You take them for granted. Nobody had to beg this man to praise God. Don't come become callous to the things of God. It is time when we come in here to remember what the Lord has done for us. No more going to church in a coma. Here's what I've discovered. <clears throat> you stay around dead people long enough, you'll get just like them. You'll lose your fire. But I'm telling you what, if you come out here, we're going to lift our hands. We're going to lift our hearts. We're going to lift our voices. We're going to praise him on the cymbals. We're going to praise him on the loud sounding cymbals. We're going to praise him on the stringed instruments and the organs. We're going to let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. We're going to glorify him. We're going to rave the banners. We're going to glorify our God because we want to be a part of a church that goes and and declares and says, I'm going to lift people up, but I'm also going to lift up my God and I'm not going to be ashamed. Can you give him a shout of offering, a praise offering? Glory to God. Let me tell you something, Life Church. Let's give them something to talk about out there. Some radical praise and worship. And I tell you, you know, the thing about it is, I don't leave here and go live in a graveyard. You know why? Because I ain't dead yet. Now, if I was dead already, I'd be comfortable there. But I got news for you. There's still life in these bones. There's still life in your bones. There's still life. Where there is life, there is celebration. Where there is life, there is joy. Where there is life, you can sense the presence of God. And folks, let me tell you, it is time to come alive. I want you to shout with me, stir it up. You know, and one day they'll lay my body, they'll lay our, if God will return to Jesus, they'll lay our bodies there. We'll be comfortable there then. But until then, we're going to stay in life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor right now, this is Life Church. Let's celebrate. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But you know, the thing is, this lame man, his boundaries expanded. He came into new possibilities in his life because everything in his life 
had been affected up until that time by what happened to him at birth. Listen, how he got his income was affected. His relationships were affected. Everything about the quality of his life had been affected up until that time. But Jesus showed up through the anointing that were on these men, that was on these men. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so he began to praise God radically. And here's the thing I've noticed about people. This guy wasn't even through shouting yet, and people were already talking. I mean, they were already upset. The religious crowd began to question and say, who is this and all of that. I'm going to tell you, they had already begun to talk. And here's my point for us today in this. When you come into this house, when I come into this house, and not only when we come into this house, but you heard it this morning, when we leave this house, it does us good to keep a perspective on our lives of remembering what God has done for us so that we can actively engage in what God is trying to do and what God is trying to speak and what God is trying to say. And if you can't think of any other reason to praise God, praise Him because He's good. Praise Him because He's faithful. Praise Him because He's going to do what He promised. This man's boundaries expanded. He had to find it, but he had to find a new means of support. They didn't just give him material things. That's probably what he was expecting. Sometimes God will do things in the way that you don't expect. They didn't just give him material things like money, but blessing is more than stuff. It is the empowerment to prosper. They empowered him to make a new life. God isn't against you having things, but he is against things having you. But I don't have to have everything I think I should have in order to praise him. Turn with me to Philippians chapter one. We're gonna real quickly and we're gonna close this out this morning. You know, everything in your life may not be perfect. Is there anybody in here today who every thing in your life is perfect. Well, if I'm looking around, because I want you to come talk to me after service, there's a few things I can think of I'd like to be a little bit different. We have challenges, but you know what? This man, had, he had challenges that were coming his way that God had to empower him for, but you know what? He said, I'm, I tell you this, everything in my life might not be perfect, but I tell you this, I'm not lame anymore. I want you to say with me, I'm not lost anymore. Let me wrap this up. Philippians chapter one, verse three. Love the book of Philippians. Paul says something that we can just kind of skim over if we aren't careful. But listen to this. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. How many of you know that context, Matt, is everything? It helped, I mean, context is everything. Now, you know, 
One of the themes of Philippians is, you know, rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. rejoice. And it's one thing for you, well, I wasn't going to say this, but I might as well go ahead. You know, when I'm going through a hard time and things are going wrong in my life and difficulty is hitting me and one wave after another has come over me and you're sitting there in your little world and everything's pretty good. You're not going through anything and you see me kind of down and discouraged and during that season for you to walk up in my face, well, brother, rejoice in the Lord. What's wrong with you? Sorry. Spirit of slap comes on me. I'm going to lay hands on you suddenly. I got to tell this story. This, I was a teenager, and this guy, he got, he got all fired up. Boy, and he was rebuking people. He said, you know, you need to get out of this hospital. You know, man, if you had faith, you wouldn't be here, blah, blah, blah. Man, don't you see? I'm And it wasn't the next week. And I'm not saying God did it. He got food poisoning. Ate at a bad place. He was begging them to take him to the hospital. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Why am I saying that? I'm saying all this to me. Say context means everything. I can receive what Paul said. You know why? Because when Paul said rejoice in the Lord always, listen to where he was writing it from. He is in worse conditions than any of those he is writing to. He is living in a less than third world type of a prison cell. Now, if I was going to write a letter to you about rejoicing, I'd write it from a condo over at the Gulf. <laughs> Kick back, man, you know, soaking up some rays, eating out seafood every night. Everything is so good. Bless the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Life is good. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always from a third world prison cell. And you know, one thing this tells me about, about him and about the men and women in the Bible, I tell you what, Jesus and the disciples were not sandal wearing wussies. They were mighty men and women of God who knew how to stand up on the inside in faith and declare some things. We're going somewhere with this. Somebody say, praise him. Praise. Rejoice. Rejoice. Listen, here's what I'm saying. Joy is not the natural response to negative circumstances. It's not normal and it's not natural. And all of us have been there. But context matters. Here's what I'm saying. There is always a reason for joy and there is always a reason for praise. Somebody say amen, Brother Scotty. Amen. Paul says in the midst of this, while I'm here and dealing with all of this, I'm thinking about you and I am so thankful. Tell your neighbor right now, I'm so thankful for you. I am so thankful for you. There's always a reason for joy and praise. He says, I'm so thankful for you. And listen to this. He says, I am praying for you 
while I'm here and it's bringing joy to my life. Wow. What a revelation. How powerful is that? I'm saying this. Joy is an intentional focus. It is not a mood, but it leads to better feelings. When you intentionally focus on joy, it's not a mood, but it leads to better feelings. It takes courage to have joy. It is an attitude of the heart. It is a decision in the face of your feelings. Somebody say rejoice. And you know, you can be trapped in a prison of despair, a prison of discouragement, thinking, you know what? Well, how come I hear all these testimonies and things happen for other people? How come they don't happen for me? And I hear all these things that are happening for everybody else. How come they don't happen for me? And you know, there are all kinds of prisons that you can be trapped in. But let me tell you this, the way to freedom and the path to joy is to intentionally look for the reasons to be thankful. Is there anybody in here this morning who has any reason at all to be thankful? I had, uh, Susan and I had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we went to see the movie about, um, help me, about the soldiers that were rescued with the ship. Dunkirk. And uh, boy, I just love that period of time. Uh, the generation that lived during that period of time, the sacrifices that they made. And you know, in the midst of that movie, I, you know, my heart just got so touched. And I looked at those young men. And every time I see anything about that period of time or any period of time where you have to send young men and young women off to war, knowing that many of them were not going to come back, the sacrifices that were made for our freedom. And I, on the way home, I told Susan, I said, you know, life sometimes is, it's, it's hard. And, and, you know, everything doesn't go like you think it's going to go. And things change. But I said, I'm so grateful that we've never had to send our sons off to war our grandkids. To, to stand and hold their hand and, and hug them and know that, that they face the possibility of dying alone on that battlefield. Bodies laid in graves in the tomb of the unknown that still remain unknown to this day. If you don't have any other reason to thank God, let me tell you, when we walk in this house every Sunday, we ought to shout, we ought to wave banners, we ought to dance and we ought to sing because people died for our freedom so that we can come in here and not worry whether or not the authorities are going to shut us down, whether they're going to stop us from having church. There is a high price that has been paid for our freedom. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I thank God for you. I'm saying all of
this to say, we got something to be thankful for. God is a good God. And he's been good to us and to all of you who have had to sacrifice. We say thank you and we're grateful for you. Joy is an intentional focus. It is an attitude of the heart. It is a decision in the face of our feelings. And the way to freedom and the path to joy, and you have to be intentional about it. You know, some days I have to remind myself is to look for the reasons to be thankful. There is always, everybody say it with me, there's always a reason to be thankful. It may not change the pressure. Hear this. I'm doing more teaching this morning than anything else. It may not change the pressure, but it will change how you process that pressure. You hearing what I'm saying? It will change how you process that pressure. And this is the most powerful thing I believe I'm going to say all day. And I've saved it for last, but here it is. Joy comes from focusing on the God is good list, not the life is hard list. And I tell you, I look back on my life. My God, God's been good. And I got news for you. If you were here this morning, you can look back on your life and honey, God has been good to you. If you waiting, if you waiting before you sing for everything in your life to be what you think is perfect, you're going to be waiting a long time. But I got news for you. The Lord done brought us I'm going to say it the old-fashioned way. The Lord done brought us from a mighty long way. I said the Lord done brought us from a mighty long way. I got news for you. The Lord done brought you from a mighty long way. And every now and then you need to reflect back and thank him because he is not finished yet. And I know life may be hard, but in spite of it, God is good. All of a sudden, I'm thinking of that old song. Here comes Santa Claus. He's making a list, checking it twice. You need to have a God is good list, and you need to check it twice. I want you to tell your neighbor right now, the Lord brought us from a mighty long way. But then here's what I want. I want you to tell him this, but he's not finished yet. Wow. Amen, Britain. I receive that, my buddy. Folks, I'm going to tell you, God brought you here today for a reason. His hand is on your life. I believe his healing hand is on your life. I believe you came in expecting today and I believe God's going to meet those expectations. That's the kind of God he is. He's a powerful God. He's a miracle working God. Everything he ever did, he still does today. He's a good God. And he's got good things for you. Once again, let's say it. Lord, 
I ask for. And I live in expectation of daily blessing. Enlarge my territory. Increase my boundaries. I believe for more territory. Ministry. Influence for you. I reach out in faith. Let's do this. I reach out in faith. Come on, let's do it. I reach out in faith. And I receive it. Oh, that your hand would be with me. That your hand would be on me. I look to you, Holy Spirit. God, my thoughts, my words, and my actions. Empower me supernaturally to accomplish what I cannot. I pray for your strong hand and your power to accomplish your will and that my life would bring you glory. Bless me indeed. I ask not only to be blessed, but that I would be a blessing. And I declare this for my season in this life. I declare this for my season. I declare this for my season. Stand up and shout this like you mean it. My boundaries are expanding. Increase is coming my way. I am thankful. I am joy filled. I am a praiser. My boundaries are expanding. Increase are coming my way. I am joy filled. I am a praiser. And I'll never, ever, ever go back to the old ways again. Come on, somebody, help me. Thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.